The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. I'm Scott. And I'm Jay. Uh, no Rich this week. He uh, unfortunately had... Well, we'll go over that in a minute. Uh, but today we're talking about the worst mechanics in RPGs. What are some things, RPGs, that just drive us up the wall? And then we'll be finally closing out our Wild Arms RPG Club. Since we don't have Rich today, we figured we might have time to do a, a quick catch-up before we get really rolling here. So let's go on to that. Uh, Jay, what's been going on with you, man? Well, man, lots of stuff. Uh, so gaming-wise, I played Wild Arms, and I beat Wild Arms. Yay! Yay! I didn't even think about how you actually beat a game, so. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, forced to. I did not want to, and I procrastinated into the last minute, but I I, I accomplished it. Um, I also played Ring Fit Adventure. Um, I have been slacking a bit more than I'd like to on that, but I did get a couple sessions in. What world are you in? Uh, third? I'm not okay. that far. All right. Sorry, pardon the coffee pouring noise. It's too he's dangerous. Actually, it's too dangerous for me to. Yeah, it's too dangerous for me to mute myself. I could ruin everything. <laughs> yes, he could. Uh, so I also played Monster High Thirteen Wishes, a, a DS game, because I needed to help Gracie because she's been playing it, but and she's also been like getting incredibly frustrated with it. So I'm like not letting her really play that too much anymore. Um, I've never heard of this game. <laughs> it, it's it's. It sounds like an anime. Or a cartoon, so, like, like a Cartoon Network show. It was a show. I don't think it was Cartoon Network, but yeah, it's a like a TV series, and they made some really mm. bad games. Gotcha. Them good old licensed games still yes. kicking around. <laughs> oh yes, this was actually a 2000. This was an old game. It's pretty freaking old. So not anything new. She just is really liking the Monster High brand. Gotcha. I wanted to play this game. Um, so I, I did finally. My PC came in. She's sitting next to me right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so I got her all built. Uh, and that has opened up the floodgates. Uh, so I've pretty much stopped all like side coding that I was doing 
and, and I've only <laughs> been playing video games. So I've been. You deserve I, I it. Did... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very happy with it. So I've played Final Fantasy 13. I'm about three hours into that. So not, not too far. Um, Final Fantasy 14. So I have put more time into that because I'm actually really enjoying it, which is kind of a shock to me because usually MMOs like embody every single thing that I hate about games, but I'm having a really good time with it. When did you start it? Like how, how long would you say you've been playing so far? Uh, I'm not incredibly sure. I probably have five hours, six hours. Nice. I feel like I would spend five to six hours just figuring out like how, how the game works and then not even really understand it. <laughs> yeah, I am. I just I unlocked the level 15 class missions for the Lancer Guild. Um, I don't think I'm incredible. I don't think I'm that far because I have been like doing some side quests. But for the most part, having a superb time, uh, I'm able to play it on like maxed out everything and there's no issues with that. And my graphics card isn't even like struggling at all. So that was pretty cool. Sick. Um, so I've also, I also played Dishonored 2, which I played for about three hours just to test my um, graphics card and played that on maxed out settings. And Isn't that a shooter? Uh, no, it's like a, it's like action adventure. Oh, there are, uh, it was made by Bethesda. So I would say it's more akin to like a fallout game, but very like on rails. Um, Gotcha. It was fun. It was fun. Fun game. Looks beautiful. Hmm. Uh, but I did uninstall that. So uh, I don't know. One of these days I'll go back to it because it was fun. But I kind of want to play the first one first. Gotcha. I also played The Outer Worlds this morning and played that on Maxed Out Settings, which was pretty cool. That that game I will continue to keep playing. I've, I've heard uh, that did, one's good. Yeah, I have also heard it's good. And so far, I thought it was really good. It's very Fallout-esque. I'm pretty sure that the company that developed New Vegas is the same one that developed Outer Worlds. That sounds right. Maybe somebody will correct me. I just remember I got some awards at the Game Awards last year. Yep. So that looks really beautiful. Um, I That one did push my graphics card to some higher temps, but it still stayed within workable range. So that's awesome. New Especially since it's a newer game. How do you monitor the temperature? So the task manager. It, it really just tells you the temperature in task manager? Yeah. I, I know it shows you, you like a uh, performance, but. Yeah. It, it So it will tell you your, the utilization, which for the most part on a GPU stays pretty high, like 99, 98%. Mm -hmm. But it also tells you the temperature, gotcha. uh, which, which idling my uh graphics cards like in the 30 degrees celsius and then playing uh outer worlds on maxed out was like mid 70 degrees celsius which uh, is like the recommended like the you know, i don't want to go into the 80 degrees celsius basically gotcha and i'll probably need to it'll probably start throttling but that game was fun so i will keep playing that game i also played god eater which is kind of like a action adventure RPG. Um, I thought it was a beat em up. Yeah, kind of. It it is technically like it's the game developers call it an RPG, and it's very RPG esque. I'm probably thinking it's of God Hand, actually. 
you might be but it's it's not a um it is kind of a button masher but it's you have to be a little bit more strategic you just like grab missions do missions you know story content in between the missions um well jay i gotta say i know it's been a minute since we did uh, a catch-up but i think this is like your fullest catch-up list here ever <laughs> this this is just from this last week too that's crazy yeah you're really uh getting your mileage out of your pc i guess yes uh, maybe this I'm... pc will bring out the gamer that we always knew was inside jay <laughs> i think so it probably will now you're gonna have to cut your hair with the the dagger no <laughs> <laughs> so outside that's all the games that i've played i think i'm pretty sure that is i might have oh yeah uh dot hack gu i played that for a little bit um but i probably won't i probably won't play through that and god eater until i'm done with the final fantasy shenanigans and the outer world shenanigans that i'm in and i guess whatever soon we'll have another rpg club game to play um, but outside of that, outside of gaming, um, I just finished my first month at my new gig at working at Auth Zero. So that's been really awesome. Uh, super challenging, um, really complex, but I am very satisfied with it. And I think I, I'm not stressed anywhere close to how I was stressed at the at my previous place of employment. So hopefully that's that stays the same. From, from what I gather from the rest of my team, uh, which my team is super awesome. They like the stress is is pretty low for the most part. It, it, we do have like on call rotations where it can get pretty stressful if like there are if something just know, breaks. Yeah, if something breaks, but that's you know part of the right part of the industry. And you're doing like full on work now, right? Like actual like projects and shit yes yep i'm actually doing lots and lots of coding instead of little bits of coding and then managing other people doing lots of coding which is so much better and i never want to go back i almost applied for a tech lead job like that and then i was like nah uh, i've seen the horrors firsthand so (laughs) um but yeah that sounds great and the uh so you're still loving your pc huh I love it more than any piece of machinery I've ever had. <laughs> um, uh, man, I guess I'm going to have to break down and join the club. <laughs> you should. You totally should. I, uh, yeah, I, so I also, non-gaming-wise with it, I installed um, the Linux subsystem for Windows. So I, like, it's, a, it's like a really cool addition to where you are essentially running like a uh, a Linux container that's like perfectly integrated with the Windows OS. So you get all the awesome experience of like coding on a Linux machine, but you still get access to all of the like Windows fanciness, like user experience stuff that that's hmm. usually better than anything Linux has. So I don't know. It's, it's really cool to just be, playing a game that's only for windows and hopping off and uh, quitting the game and doing some code stuff without having to like, I don't know, dual boot or anything like that. Awesome. Well, I, I, the main reason I wanted you to do this first is so I could learn from your mistakes and not make the same ones. So I guess I'm going to have to get with you at some point and be like, now, how do I do this? (laughs) So I just bought, 
by the way, I just bought everything on Newegg. So if you use PC part picker, that's what I use to like pick out my build and everything. It gives you like the best prices for where you can find it. And for me, it was like half Amazon, half Newegg. I was just like, screw it. I'm getting everything on Newegg because yeah. so, I don't want to confuse myself. Well, I just knew that you had a couple problems. Like uh, you forgot to get a Wi-Fi adapter and like your case, the fan was too big to fully use all your RAM slots, stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Um. So do we want to, should I go next or do we want to go ahead and cover Rich? Let's do Rich last. Okay. Um, so for myself, I also beat Wild Arms. <laughs> um, so congrats, Jay and myself for actually finishing the Wild Arms Club. I think, uh, Rich ended up failing every segment, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, for a second, I thought maybe he made it once and I was like, wait, I don't think he did. <laughs> But uh, if if he did, it was just the first one. Yeah. Um, oh no, he didn't. You're right. Five strikes. <laughs> I guess Poor we won't Rich. carry over his extra strikes to the next club. But uh, no, we'll be nice. He uh, he will not be able to participate in the nominations and voting this go round. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about Wild Arms more in the RPG Club segment and when we do the full review. I've also been playing Ring Fit Adventure. Um, once a week, usually still. I made it to the final world this week. Uh, what world is that? Like 26? 23. Ooh, uh, I'm so far behind. It's kind of weird because, you know, the st- it's not that there isn't a story in the game, but it's like there is dialogue and it's like kind of well written for the most part. Um, it, there was actually like some plot developments in the last world I did that I, I was like, wow, they really went there and like, I don't want to say too much because it, it is technically a spoiler, but I was like, wow, I, di- I didn't think this game could make me feel anything inside. <laughs> it's, a fi- it's a fitness game. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I imagine it'll still take me a few more weeks to actually finish that at my pace. But How, lo- how long have you been playing it? Uh, I'd have to look. This, this whole year? When, whenever it came out, I've been playing it since then. I think there might have been like a month or so spell where I didn't play, but... I usually do like once a week. Um, and then if it's raining, I'll do that instead of cardio. But um, so I'm looking forward to finishing that. I guess I guess we really don't need you to finish the game to be able to review it. So we might have a review on that before long, depending on how you feel about that anyway. Well, it'll. we will probably forget about it before I beat it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's a long game, but um, we, Corey and I, were playing Super Mario Galaxy 2, and we also beat that. Um, I wanted to get all 242 stars, but the second 120 stars is the green stars. They're just like collectibles hidden throughout the levels, and I couldn't get Corey on board with that. <laughs> he is uh, not a completionist like myself, so... Uh, I was a little disappointed in that, but I might still like go and play that on my own time, even though I've done it before when I was in college when it came out. But um, alas, still been playing Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm actually getting, I think I'm getting towards the end in that. Let me look at Elise here. Where the fuck is Xenoblade? For those that so don't you know. were able to get over the like slog. 
Yeah. Every Xenoblade game has that slog, I'm pretty sure. I do really like the game, but it's it does have long segments of slog. Um, I think Corey and I played for like five or six hours yesterday and had like, we got through one major area, but there wasn't, we had like one cut scene at the end of that play session. So the pacing is not great as far as like story versus gameplay. Uh, but we'll talk about that more later. I am enjoying it. And one thing I will say is I really like the, the core cast of characters. Like they really play off each other well. And I think they're really likable. Um, all of them, pretty much. Um, Corey has been playing Valkyria Chronicles 4. Um, Corey loves strategy RPGs. So this is right up his alley. Uh, we played the first one a couple years ago. And he loved that game. So, And he's enjoying this one too. I've heard a lot of people say that it's not as good as the first one. And I will agree with that, but it's not that as much of a drop as I was expecting. Like this, the story's comparable. The characters are really likable for the most part. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. The only thing is the battles can take like an hour or two, and so I get kind of bored watching him play sometimes. <laughs> but uh, as soon as the, the story comes back in, I'm like, oh, okay, time to pay attention. <laughs> Corey has also been playing Pokemon Shield. Uh, he he finished the semifinals and um he's about to head to uh the rose tower or something i think it's like there's a dungeon you got to do between the semifinals and the finals but it's been a couple weeks since he touched it so he needs to just go and finish that uh been playing rise of the tomb raider we with lauren um we ha- had to do a remote stream because she's currently quarantining um she doing <laughs> what how's she doing oh oh um i i think she's pretty much over it she hasn't gotten a negative test yet but uh it's going well we uh i streamed from the ps4 and then we hopped on a zoom call to have a game night even <laughs> apart oh that's cool uh the only thing with that is there was like a five second delay between what we were seeing and what she was seeing so like we were reacting to things before she saw them so that was kind of annoying but it worked for the most part and uh, by the way, it has been two weeks since we saw her with no symptoms, so we should be good on that. That's good. Um, I put Final Fantasy, oh, Final Fantasy V. I did play some more of that this week, found some time because I finished Wild Arms early. I am right before the final boss. I'm at like the last save point. Um, I thought I was going to finish it, but I'm trying to like 100% this bitch, and uh, there was like one enemy that you have to defeat to fill out your bestiary and they run from you if you don't kill them fast enough and they're a rare encounter so it to me it was like just grinding for a few hours <laughs> trying to do that i did finally do that but at that point it was time to pay attention to Corey. so <laughs> um as far as personal life still applying to jobs haven't had any luck on that uh i applied to like six at one company that i had a reference at have been rejected from four of those so far. I don't know what these people want because I actually did meet all their asks. <laughs> um, still trying on that. Not as hard as I should be, though. Um, and then another update. My uh, Corey and I's personal trainer cut our calories again. <laughs> and that really sucks because now we are at the point to where it's like really hard. <laughs> You're just drinking black coffee all day to, so the caffeine staves off your hunger. That's part of the strategy. <laughs> and like, if we want to drink now, I know you joked about you get, you get chicken, but it really is kind of like that now. 
Um, but if it'll make me get abs, I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but what's really going to suck is that you're going to, you're going to have like a week of like your peak body and then he's going to up your calories and it's going to be gone. And you're going to be I like, know. Oh. he's already <laughs> talking about like doing a bulk soon. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> no, you got this. You gotta, you gotta have the ups and the downs. You gotta yeah. build, cut, build, cut, and then in ten years you'll be shredded. There you go. <laughs> I can go for that. Long so I can game. drop my current career and be a personal trainer or something. There you go. Um, I put a little by, note by here. that time though. You you might be training senior citizens. Yeah, I'll be old by then. I'll be like at least forty. <laughs> by the way, I turn thirty next week, so that's scary. But oh well. Uh, I put a note in here that my mom sucks. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we've been arguing a lot because she really wants me to come visit and like, I can't get through to her. Like I'm not coming to visit unless you don't go out to public venues and shit. You got to do the right things. And it's like, we'll have that conversation and she'll be like, well, I guess we'll never see each other again. And I'm like, well, I guess not. <laughs> and uh, then the next time I talk to her, she'll be like, you want to come down on the 24th? I'm like, did we not to take part in the same conversation that like, am I in bizarro world or something? <laughs> Alternate dimensions. Yeah. I don't want to go too far on that. Cause that's semi-political and I could rant for a while about that, but it's well, causing stress in my life. <laughs> regardless of the politics at some point, it's not going to be an issue. Like at some point the pandemic will be over. We'll have, you know, a vaccine. Some people won't take it. Some people will. It'll, you know, pandemics have been happening for long periods of time. It'll, it'll go away. Things will be normal again. I hope so. Hopefully I'll still have a relationship with her by then. <laughs> or not. <laughs> um, okay, but that's it for me. How do we want to tackle what Rich left us here? Um, Let's just read it. Okay. Do you want to read it or shall I? I'll read it. Okay. So Rich has two new tattoos. He, he got the Final Fantasy IX crystal on his leg. His big meaty leg. It looks pretty good. And then, and then he got an apple on his butt. I didn't get what he was saying about the joke apple. But did you understand? Beca- because people pronounce his last name Apple. Right, right. How is it pronounced? Apple. Apple. I'm pretty sure. Apple. 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 <laughs> I have to ask him that. Ricard Apple. We are bad friends. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, but he is not here, unfortunately, because his washer broke. So here's his little comment. Uh, on, on the play-by-play of what happened. I went downstairs around 10 to do my normal lockup of the house, and I hear water dripping fast somewhere. Then I went into the garage and was like, shit. Had to scramble to find where it was. From then, from then, take washer out, clean all of it up. <laughs> That's what he said. So then basically he had to lance the ceiling to get all the water that was trapped out of there. Does that mean like poke a hole in the ceiling? I think okay. that sounds right. Whenever <laughs> somebody lances a boil, it's like taking a hot needle. Yeah. So. And he did actually send us pictures of this catastrophe. So uh, it's legit. Yeah, He's not faking. It's real, yeah. I guess, unless he Googled images of. <laughs> 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 and we're going to go over to his house one, uh, check out his like area and be like, dude, where's the, where's the washer? Where's the, the flood happen? <laughs> yeah. Huh? I want video. But also, he played a little bit more of Final Fantasy fourteen. So him and I are both playing fourteen. Maybe you guys should start a free company. Is that what it's called? I'm I'm not, I'm gonna stay as solo as possible. Mm. 
Not even with Rich. Oh man, not even we with our Rich. Bad friends. <laughs> Um, it's not. It's, it's not because it's rich. It's because I just like playing games solo. Like so, I like MMOs because I know there are real people playing. So it's a little less lonely. But I'm not extroverted enough to be like, hey, let's join a guild and do things and dungeons and stuff together. It's mainly because I just I play at like five in the morning. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to have to change my schedule. That makes sense. Rich isn't going to get up that early anyway. No. Um. So I guess that's it for all our personal updates. We do have a tea time with Bill later, so we'll see what he says there. But before we move on, let's do a quick save state of the podcast. Okay, the RPG After Years has a really stellar Patreon. And uh, Jay, why don't you tell these fine people about it? Thanks, Scott. I will. Uh, so our Patreon has early episode access, ad-free episodes, aftercast which is basically just uh like extra episodes where we get a little bit more political a little less structured and kind of uh, um i don't know get i don't know super liberal we uh, put basically. out a really good one uh recently about the hogwarts legacy and whether or not it's right to purchase that yeah i'm gonna given start just calling JK... it the woke the woke cast <laughs> yeah given jk rowling's uh transphobic activities recently but we won't go on about that. By the way, no. real quick, Jay, uh, WB Games did release a statement this past week saying that basically JKR has a right to her opinions. <laughs> um, so that is I true. I guess technically. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But <laughs> anyway. But we also have extra reviews. We are in the the midst of recording a review for The Last of Us. Uh, Scott, myself, and Corey. Uh, so that is going to i don't know uh, what's the time frame for that make hitting patreon um hopefully it'll be part one will be this week but if not next week cool um and then lastly we have rp uh last but not least because there are other benefits that we're not technically naming off here uh we do have the rpg club uh which is a fun little segment but if you are a patron you get to nominate and vote uh, but there is much more so f- check that out on patreon.com forward slash rpg after years yeah and uh stay tuned for those in twitch because we did not finish recording part one yesterday assuming we have time at the end of this we're going to go ahead and finish that if you guys want to see that live um so another thing that's going on, um, we are live right now on Twitch. Matt happens usually every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um, that's twitch.tv slash RPG after years. Our schedule will be a little bit different this week. Corey and I are going on vacation, so we will be recording uh, Persona, the next the final part of the Persona 5 review Wednesday. I don't think we have an exact time on that yet, so... Keep posted to our Discord and Twitter to for what more a, info on that. What a long, long review! <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm just surprised we were able to get it in three. Uh, so we we really like steamrolled through that story, but alas. Speaking of RPG clubs, the Patreon and the nominations and all that, nominations for the next RPG club will go live today on, on Patreon. Um, so I'm going to post that right after we finish recording. And voting will begin one week later on October 11th, the day before my birthday, and close a week after that on October 18th. And then I think 
that is when the actual, I think we might have one more week after that to give us a, a breather, to give people time to get the game. Um, so towards the end of October is when we'll be actually uh, begin playing the next game, whatever that may be. So look forward to that. Okay, and all right, I think it is time for the news. Hear ye, hear ye, gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. Jay, why don't you kick us off? All right, so the biggest news article we have here, which everybody's probably heard by now, Microsoft has purchased Bethesda. Uh, so technically speaking, Microsoft purchased, what is it, ZeniMax Studios, which is the parent company of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they made a release. So the, the company that created Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, Doom, Dishonored, uh, Quake, uh, Starfield, uh, Microsoft owns them now um so the whole monopolization aside i am pretty excited by this because i think it's going to improve the quality of the games bethesda has been pumping out um to and it's haven't they had a couple stinkers recently fallout 76 fallout 76 yep fallout 4 sucked so (laughs) i mean They've had some real stinkers. Um, So I think hopefully that will bring out some better leadership because I also know Bethesda really struggles with their work culture. So they're constant overtime, constantly lots of stress. I mean, uh, Mass Effect and Andromeda had people uh, like public announcements of people having to take uh, medical leave because of stress and stress induced issues. So and same with Anthem. So it, they have a bad rap uh, for their work culture. So I'm really hoping having a new parent company will switch things up a little bit, maybe bring in some good, uh, some good practices. Um, but the but thing yeah, everybody's worried about is, you know, is are these games going to be exclusive now? I guarantee you they will not be. I can, uh, the ones that are already announced for sure won't be, I don't think. Yeah. But I don't know. So I, it's think, like... I think this is more of a pull to a um, bring more to Game Pass. I think that this is a huge investment into Game Pass, mm-hmm. which I I am now a subscriber for, so I'm pretty excited. Sweet. Um, but also, I just I think the Sony is like Sony and Nintendo are probably like the only people who are going to be really pushing for console exclusives. I think Sony is like the kind of the biggest douchebag about it. Um, yeah. Top of the, because a lot of, so. a lot of Nintendo stuff is like, well, these games were technically developed for our console. So it mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. But Sony, I think is eventually going to be talked out of it. Uh, especially if, if Microsoft comes in like becomes a bigger person which at this point they are i mean they bought zenimax studios for almost eight billion dollars <laughs> right and uh so I, I i just think for the most part we're going to see an increase in quality of of microsoft gaming which is pretty awesome i saw a tweet it was like the bethesda purchase is exactly four billion of trump's tax returns or something like that but <laughs> right yeah <laughs> not to go off on that but uh, I didn't think about the Game Pass angle because I was thinking, well, if they don't make them exclusive, why did they buy it? Spend that much money? But if it's to put them on Game Pass, I guess that's 
kind of worth it. Yeah, they'll have the rights for Game Pass. Um, but I, I imagine there's got to be much more in Zenimax Studio. Mm-hmm. But they're also buying uh, c- companies that make good games. I mean, Dishonored, Elder Scrolls games have usually been good. Fallout's usually like a pretty popular title. Doom games have been really good. They so bought for Team the most Ninja part, a couple years ago. Yeah, for the most part, I think they are just doing this as a way to invest in gaming but it's it's like such a monopolized way of doing it that i'm i'm not going to dive into that because we i think yeah. we even had a whole episode about monopolization but i remember uh just recently uh microsoft put out like when they announced their next stream or whatever they were like by the way we will not be talking about any company acquisitions so it's like <laughs> nothing else is coming it's just kind of crazy because uh bethesda is like literally one of the like, biggest video game companies out there like they have their own conferences at e3 and all that so yep. it's, it's nuts i would but, argue uh, that they probably they are they've got to be the largest like right next to some of those other what other ones are pretty big um square enix EA, yeah square enix uh, uh what would you say is, yeah blizzard's huge is naughty dog that size no they're like naughty uh, dogs they're first party for rockstar second party. rockstar rockstar maybe? probably Maybe not quite as big as Bethesda, but that's another big one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll look forward to seeing how the situation develops on that. Okay, our next article here is we got a little bit of an update already on Final Fantasy 16, despite hearing previously that there won't be any major news until 2021. Um, basically, Naoki Yoshida, he appeared at the uh, Square Enix stage. And he talked a little bit about the trailer. He said that um, the graphics haven't been optimized or tuned with yet, um, which I think he said that because there was a lot of talk about um, how the game didn't exactly look stellar graphically. Um, it was like an early tr- trailer. Um, let me scan his what he actually said here. He wants to focus on the development. Um, it says there there will be a teaser site coming soon. He just doesn't want people to like rush to judgment based on what they've seen so far. Well, the game's already been in development for four years. Yeah, apparently, which was surprising and, to find out. And yeah, so I, I bet we're gonna get it soon, sooner than we think. Like we're making all these jokes because of how fifteen went, but the game that we got for fifteen was only developed for like three or four years. So yeah, honestly, that, I uh... like not including the restart. Final yeah. Fantasy 15 only took four years. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if we actually got the game next year. Yeah, um, I, th- I think we will. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 2022 either, but I think that's the latest. We should expect it. I, early 2022 has got to be the latest. The, um, uh, I also watched a video that did a in-depth analysis of the Japanese trailer, which mm-hmm. apparently the, the translation actually takes a lot of information out of like the trailer. Um so watching the uh like the a video about the Japanese version of the trailer that we saw did make me a bit more excited like getting a, a bit more context that might have been lost in translation which I th- I would hope I was really hoping that in 2020 translation issues aren't a problem but I think but apparently like some <laughs> things that are conveyed in Japanese or conveyed a specific way in Japanese just isn't super easy to convey in, in english yeah um 
Yoshida also said that he basically he didn't want to release just like a pre-rendered cinematic trailer. He wanted to show actual gameplay because apparently uh, he knows that Square has like a reputation for that. And then like taking six years to actually match the quality of what they released to begin with. Um, he actually has a quote here. He like was looking at American comments and saw he said, see you again in 2035. <laughs> I actually saw some comments like that from Americans, he says. <laughs> And I'm like, well, if you, uh, if the shoe fits, but, yeah. but um, he's probably like, this is me. This yeah. is me. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I, I am excited and hopefully we are right that we will get there much sooner than we think. So the next news article is that man eater sells more than 1 million units and is coming to PS five and the Xbox series S slash X at launch. Um, so good news for this game. I, don't know if I'll ever play it, but it, it seems like a fun time. Um, but yeah, a million units sold. I'm sure this it's probably more popular than they were expecting. Um, but yeah, good news for the fans of Maneater. Can you imagine just making a game like this and then like it taking off like it does, and all of a sudden you're like a successful video game developer? It's <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like man, that this is kind of a joke. <laughs> we have another one of those games coming up here soon to talk about, but um. Maybe I'll nominate Maneater for the RPG Club, and then we can all play it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, congrats, Maneater people. Okay, another news article: Near Replicant Remaster launches for PS4, Xbox One, and Steam on April twenty third, twenty twenty one. I'm actually excited about this because I've been looking for an entry point on Near because Automata is apparently so good. Um, so I'll, I'll probably will end up picking up and playing this despite how freaking weird it looks. Um, trying to see if there's any more details about this in the article. looks like it, they just announced a bunch of, uh, pre-order bonuses. Oh, a steel book. Okay. I'll be getting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, white snow edition. I think I saw something about that. Maybe not being available in America. I hope I'm wrong about that, but yeah, looking forward to near. So it seems so far away, April of 2021, and it's like, oh, this this year's gone almost. Yeah, <laughs> it'll. I know we I know we talk about that a lot, but my God, this year is just gone. It'll be here before we know it. I will it say, will. I still don't really understand why there are two different versions of this near game, but <laughs> uh, I'll just pretend I don't know that and play this one, I guess. All right. So up next, the Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra DLC got a release date uh, and some returning characters revealed. So it's coming out on October 22nd. Um, So I know this is going to also introduce like legendaries and it's going to have a, um, a new kind of like tournament, it looks like. So that's pretty cool. Um, the only thing that jumped out at me, I wasn't paying attention or anything, but apparently they're bringing back every legendary ever with this DLC. What? That's what I read. <laughs> um, Did you read that in the same article I'm reading? Am I overlooking this? Uh, I think I just saw a tweet. Um, I, I just see legendary Pokemon will also be returning four trainers to tag team with the Dynamax Adventure System. Hmm. Oh, so maybe there's like maybe the Dynamax Adventure system like just pairs you up with like new legendaries or something. Maybe. We'll see. Um, did you see uh, Galarian Slowking? I have seen it. <laughs> That's creepy as fuck. Yes, it is. Um, but 
I think a lot of the Galarian ones are pretty weird looking. Um, since Corey's almost done with us, I guess we'll probably play the uh, that other deal. The first DLC is already out, right? The yep. uh, what was it called? The the, the armor, Isle of Armor. So I yeah. Think. Okay. Yep. Click. Damn it. There you go. Um. Okay. Just a short update here on Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. It got a new trailer. It looks fun, even though I know I'll hate it probably. Um, but it also introduced a new character. It's Young Impa. So as we all know, Breath of the Wild takes place 100 years after the events of this Age of Calamity game. And in that game, Impa is like a crotchety old hunched over lady. But 100 years ago, she was a, a, a young, pretty ninja girl. Uwu ninja. <laughs> um, I think I've seen like like um, some good memes about that. Yeah, I think I even like, got in on it. I posted a tweet being like, well, it, they Impa is like one of the most well-known Zelda characters. She's one of the few that returns time and time again as part of the main plots of these games. And um, she, uh, I was like, there's so many cooler versions of Impa than even this young version Hyrule Warriors is showing us. Um, and people were talking about maybe Impa should be added to Smash. And I was just like, not this version. But there's a version from one of the Oracle games where she is like a really like obese lady with huge tits. <laughs> and I'm like, Bring, give me that Impa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would be cool. Um, so yeah, I'll, like I said before, I'll end up picking this game and I'll probably hate it. But it's Zelda and it's actually canon. So there you go. As, I'm going to circle back on that. What does What is canon for Zelda? I mean... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, it's all canon, isn't it, it? Well, I don't think the first Hyrule Warriors was. Um, Paralleled, parallel universes or whatever. See, the first Hyrule Warriors brought like characters from all across the series together, like characters from timelines that shouldn't exist in different timelines. And I don't even want to get into it, but... <laughs> I One of these days, somebody's going to have to like mansplain the Zelda timeline because I don't... Because to me, it's just like a new game, new timeline, new just telling of a story, like totally unrelated to everything else. Nothing else matters. But is there anything that like brings them together? It's like, this is why there are so many timelines. Dude, that could be like an actual episode because I could definitely mansplain it to you or attempt to okay. do so. <laughs> well, put that, put that in the episode idea channel. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I already did the transition, so go ahead. So Genshin Impact, WTF is it? That's what I put down there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it is a free-to-play mobile game, uh, and it looks great. It looks a lot like a like a anime Breath of the Wild. Uh, I haven't played it. Uh, some people in our uh, Discord said that they played it, and it plays well. Um, and apparently, it's like kicking off really well. Uh, people are liking it. There apparently is a story, but it's not like a super complex, in-depth story. Apparently, it's super fun to play. Uh, it is free to play. There's got to be some. There's some catch there somewhere. Like when something's free, that means you are the. Uh, what is being monetized here? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, what? And okay, I I was gonna make a, a TikTok China joke about stealing data, but I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> well, so, everybody knows. Yes, uh, but it is made by Chinese developers, but it looks fantastic. Um, this and is I the wish other it wasn't game on the mobile that just came yeah. out of nowhere and is like super successful. Like I, yeah, I, I didn't even, don't even think I'd heard of it before this week. 
And I think it's got to be on Steam, so I might download it for Steam and give it a crack. But apparently, it's it's really fun to play, and people are digging it. Um, so oh. yeah, well, let's keep an eye on that and see where things go south. We should Somebody see if anybody in the Discord is playing it. I'd be interested to find that out. I, I know one person at least fired it up and said that it played well on their phone. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Next story. Um, something is happening with Live Alive. So Live Alive is an RPG released by Square Enix that only ever came out in Japan. However, there have been fan translations. And from what I understand, it's actually supposed to be a really good game. Um, I know Angry Ass Black Dude and Disa have played it and both loved it. Although Disa loves most things, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, bless her heart. Bless her heart. I wish I could be as as, as loving and thankful right. for gaming as her. So on October 3rd, they held like an anniversary conference for Level Live. Apparently it's the 26th anniversary, which is a weird anniversary to call out in particular. But I, get, I guess good thing they're not waiting to the 30th. Um, somebody asked if they will ever bring it to America. And he, they, apparently they were lamenting that there's never been any kind of sequel or remaster or remake. Um, they had a concert for it last year. And apparently it was re-released in Japan on the 3DS virtual console. Trademarks have been filed in Australia, Europe, and the U.S. Um, so it seems like we might actually be getting this, but it's like they're being really vague and unclear, as always. I think on this this stream that they did, people were hoping that that would actually be the confirmation. But nope, no such luck. But I'm excited. I know it's on our list to play. I think it's actually one of our hasted games. So <laughs> we'll probably play it and then they'll come out with like a remake or some kind of great <laughs> new version, but that's how things roll. All right. So, uh, what is this? The last item that we have trials of mana is getting a new difficulty option. Uh, so it looks like it's getting a no future mode, uh, which has some pretty heavy restrictions on the items and abilities. And then a very hard mode, which seems to be a more standard challenging mode. Uh, so those fans of uh, Trials of Mana, version 1.10, coming out October 14th, adds these new difficulty options. So have fun with that. I will never play anything other than easy. <laughs> I was about to say, but you, you did say you wanted to play this game, right? Yes, uh, at some point. Eventually. I think it's on Steam, isn't it? I could be wrong. I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. So now you have a way. Okay, that's it for the actual articles. So let's go over the releases real quick. Um, so these are the games that came out in the past week or so. On uh, September 25th, we had Zinjin, Zingion on the Switch. No clue. Um, on September 28th, we had the, uh, that's when Genshin Impact came out on PS4, PC, and mobile. Wow, so it's already so successful. And it literally came out in the last week. I thought I was exaggerating, but... <laughs> Um, also on the 28th, we had Undead Darlings on PS4, Switch, and PC. That's an interesting title. Um, and then, let's see, on the 29th, we had Warsaw on PS4, and then on the 1st was the Switch, and on the 2nd was Xbox One. Um, on October 1st, we also had East Origin on the Switch, Orange Blood on the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and Code of Princess EX on PC. Um, I know some people in our community are excited about East Origin. So, uh, 
one day I'll play an East game. And then on October 6th, Baldur's Gate 3 entered early access on PC and Stadia. Stadia's still around, apparently. <laughs> um, so what's coming up this week, Jay? So we have Eichenfell coming to PC on October 8th. And then Torchlight 3 coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 13th. And it's exiting early access. So I guess it's going... When they say that, that means it's going like off the market, right? And then... I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, I've heard of Torchlight 3. I don't know what it is, but... Maybe I should educate myself at some point. But that's a whole other side thing. Okay, um, that's it for the news. And with all that out of the way, we're going to take a quick break before we get to our main discussion. Hi, this is Troidal Power, the host of Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast, the podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, play through games in a powerful way. And right now on Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, I, your host, Troidal Power, am playing through Golden Sun. You should come listen to me play Golden Sun on Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. Find it and a lot of other weird stuff at probablywork.com. Okay, time for the main discussion. What are the worst mechanics in RPGs? Originally, this was supposed to be uh, Rich's topic. Um, it was an idea submitted by Satan85. I think he was really frustrated by some of the things in Wild Arms. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about that shortly. And so who knows how Rich had planned for this to go, but we're just going to freeform it here. Um, I think the idea originally came about because of I was bitching about how much stealing in RPGs usually sucks. It's a very common mechanic. It's in almost every Final Fantasy, I know. Um, so the thing about stealing is a lot of times they have like a rare steal mechanic. So it's, it'll be like 3% chance of getting this item. And a lot of times it's like one of the best items you can get at that point in the game or the only source of that item. Um, and you can get locked out of finding them if you go too far in certain games. And on top of the rare steel, a lot of games also have uh, a percentage like chance of whether or not the steel will be successful or not. So I know the idea of stealing in Final Fantasy IX in particular 
that almost prevents me from like wanting to go back and play the game sometimes. Because there's a lot of bosses very early on that have rare steals that, not even rare steals, it's just like you have to try 40 times before you're successful, if you're lucky. And so it's like the game is front-loaded with me just stealing forever. I know you don't have to do that, but it's the it's the hundred percenter in me. I have never really gotten into steel mechanics for the the very reasons of it's it's kind of just a huge pain in the butt. I think the first time I was introduced to steel mechanics would be Final Fantasy X with Riku. And I remember it always being garbage. Like I'm not getting anything useful. Like every now and then, I think maybe I'd steal like a uh, like a grenade or something. Yeah, off of the the machina. But other than that, it was like this is I'm not getting anything useful here. It's I'm never gonna do this. Funny that you brought in brought up ten in particular because that is actually one of the better steel games with steel mechanics. And I still it, hated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Riku is almost always successful with her steals. And it's just, there is a rare steal mechanic, but there's also equipment in that game that makes the rare steals more likely. And I, th- I do like when games do that. But. I think it's also like, I, whenever I'm, I'm in a battle, like I just want to beat the crap out of them, you mm-hmm. know? But it's like, yeah, well, you right. steal, you're not really going to do any damage. Maybe you don't get anything, maybe you don't. And then it's like, okay, what time is it? I've been in this battle for five minutes. It's a bit too long. I think it's a bit too long. And then then I'm usually just like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just beat them. Yeah, and then in Final Fantasies, usually there's a way to upgrade it to Mug to where it does damage too. But then if you're trying to steal something successfully, you're actually damaging the enemy trying to steal it, and then you kill it, and then you got to find it again. Unless you like, there's unless the game allows you to heal the enemy, which I do do sometimes. It's just, it's just a mess. I would be happy if stealing was completely removed from RPGs forever. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other game that I've really done any. So, I would say stealing is probably the worst in JRPG. I games like Oblivion and Skyrim and and the other like Western RPGs. It's usually not too bad because it's more of like a like a you're actually going and like pickpocketing somebody or mm-hmm. like you have to sneak around and sneak in somebody's house and steal. So like, that's like the actual game mechanic in Western RPGs of stealing is usually pretty solid. Cause it's kind of realistic, mm-hmm. but then turn-based and JRPGs, it's in my opinion, it's usually garbage. Most things that are like, you have a 3% chance of this in my opinion is garbage. Yeah. 3% is not enough. I'm not that lucky. I agree. Um, the I think Wild Arms also has a stealing mechanic. Jack has a move called Trickster, but that does damage. And I, w- I was following the guide, and I think it was like one of the Lady Harkin boss fights. And it was like, uh, she has a rare steal, and she's not that hard, so you should be able to steal from her. And so I used that move like maybe 15 times, and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I gave up. I just <laughs> killed her. But that's just another example. One thing I do like about Final Fantasy V, although it has bullshit rare steel mechanics as well, at least that game has a spell that lets you basically restart the entire battle, um, which it means you can try stealing again and maybe you'll get the rare thing that time. Still annoying as balls, though. <laughs> um, stealing just sucks. Let's let's leave stealing in the past, please. <laughs> All right, what's next? Um, we've got random encounters. That's a uh, a very common thing in RPGs. 
I and also respawning enemies. Yeah. So I, I, so I'm going to, we're probably going to get flack for saying this because random encounters is like such a like staple and staple, stable, staple, staple, I think staple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's such a staple in JRPGs that like saying you don't like random encounters kind of feels like I'm just saying I don't like JRPGs. But I hate random encounters, especially high random encounter yeah. rates. Like I feel like in Wild Arms, I was uh, I was in a freaking random battle every three seconds. That is so annoying. It brings the until game I finally got the invisible. Call. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also I don't hate random encounters, but I I do hate the high encounter rates. But I do prefer like when the enemies are actually on screen. Um, I'm with you. Like Final Fantasy Thirteen, um, that game every battle felt like cur- curated to be like its own individual challenge, and then that enemy was gone unless you purposely like left and came back for some reason. Yeah, and so I feel like whenever you have battles like that, or I'm playing Final Fantasy Fourteen, and I guess you could say the same for like any MMOs. They're on screen. They're not random battles. You can you basically can choose whether to participate. And that is a big deal for me because sometimes I just don't want to participate in battles. Yeah. Uh, and, and most of the time, this is a, like another thing that we, that is on the list. So we can probably just bring it up now. Like if you choose not to, if you don't want to participate in it, these games also make it really hard to run away. So yeah. it's just like a, like just tackling on the annoyances. Yeah, Satan said, uh, I think that was one of the main reasons he didn't like Wild Arms because he likes to keep his level low. And um, so, like, kind of weird. Kind (laughs) of weird. So, the end of the game is actually a challenge, which I understand that. But the game really gave him a hard time with running away. Um, But then we'll get to this in a minute, but he, he didn't actually finish the game because he hit a wall with being too low level. And it's like, well, you can't have both. Um, but that's, that's a whole nother thing. I, I never run from battles anyway, unless I'm confident that I'm going to get my ass kicked. Um, but that's just me. I, I usually try to run from battles uh, most of the time, unless <laughs> I know the game mechanic sucks. Um, right. Well, I can't say most of the time. It kind of depends on if I feel like I'm at an adequate level. Yeah. If I feel like I'm at a good level for where I'm at, then I will not run. But if I feel like I'm in a crappy level, then, okay, I'll go ahead and do this. I'll do this battle. But, yeah. I do think the level curve, I guess that's annoying thing. Another annoying thing that's not listed here is when the level curve is all out of whack in an RPG, like difficulty spikes or like the game is super easy until you get to this X dungeon for whatever reason. Um, I feel like that happens a lot in Final Fantasy games too. Yeah, that's... Everybody remembers the infamous moon dungeon from Final Fantasy IV. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I think Xenoblade Chronicles has a really good level curve. It seems like by the t- every time by the time I finish an area, enemies are no longer attacking me because I'm such a high level, much higher level than them. But when I first get to that area, I am having to like fight a bunch of shit. So it's like, despite the fact that I did side quests, it's like the game like knew like about where I would be. It's like, I'm their, their perfect test subject. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so with that, 
and uh, another thing that can make random counters especially annoying so not being able to run away like the the run mechanic being so crappy that you can't run away if anything is is too like stronger than you but also slow battle systems like having like high that's like the worst nightmare of mine is playing a game that has low run encounter low run rates many encounters and a slow battle system that's like I will never play that game. Yeah, and Wild Arms was almost that game. Yeah, Wild Arms definitely has a, a slow battle system. The a, the animations are super slow and boring, and uh, <laughs> and that's another thing that I'm like when people talk about how amazing Final Fantasy IX is. Don't get me wrong, I, I do love FF9, but like that game has a freaking slow battle system too. <laughs> I I have only ever played it with, uh, like the built-in fast forward that you get on like steam mm-hmm. so I imagine that helps um it does it makes it normal paced the battles have like a 20 second intro so it, that alone <laughs> um so yeah slow battle systems suck having to grind which is a staple of rpgs um nobody likes grinding i don't think actually no. i bet there are some people who do but <laughs> I, I absolutely hate it. And that that's one thing that I give kudos to Wild Arms for. I never had to grind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to like really be careful of what items I used and when. Like I had to really like hog specific items for some of those battles, uh, which we'll talk more about that in the review. But there's like one specific boss battle that you have twice. I think you fight this person. And both times I struggled so bad for it. I had to like... like um, really save as many of the best healing items as i could who was it uh what's his face and the dog um oh Z, uh boomerang and lucy yeah. yeah yep yeah they were tough um yeah grinding so the only time i ever grinded in wild arms was to get more money um and then later i said towards the end of the game when i was doing psych was i was like fuck it and used the i used the duplication trick but just for money. <laughs> uh, I, I may end up having to use that for a specific item to heal me and my party very well. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're all guilty here. That's okay. Um, Rich put this one down, I think. Too many actions for the same button. The only one... Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, that's the only that's the first thing that comes to mind. Just want to talk to you, but instead I'm going to jump on your head. Like an idiot. <laughs> yes. I've seen comics making fun of that. Um, there's probably other examples. That's the only thing I can think of. He also put down overcomplicated storyline for no reason. Wild Arms. Yeah. Is this, it's just a list of things we don't like about Wild Arms. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of seems like it. But I mean, I I, I know for sure there's got to be other games that, that have that, that are really guilty of that. I just mm-hmm. can't really, nece- I don't necessarily think of any off the top of my head. I feel like the a lot of JRPGs and RPGs in general have a pretty good balanced story. Um, nothing else comes quickly to the top of my head, at least. Um, I feel like maybe, maybe some Final Fantasies might get a bit like too out there. Like fifteen kind of got a little, a little too adventurous, especially whenever you add in all the DLC and you try to go back and read it. It's like, well. But I don't know if it's like complicated storyline or just a storyline that's so scattered and, and sparse. 13 has um, the data log to explain all its lore. Yeah, I remember. And 
I do remember 13 because I played it uh, around release date and got all the way to Grand Pulse. And I remember being really confused the entire time I was playing it. This time around, I'm doing a lot better. But I, I won't say I didn't understand it on my first playthrough, but on my second playthrough, I, I did connect a lot more dots than I did the first time. It's like, oh, yeah. all this makes sense now. <laughs> yep. Um, I know uh, I love Tactics. I think it's an amazing game, Final Fantasy Tactics, but uh, that game it also gets a little too complicated with its like family trees and different organizations. <laughs> I just remembered one, the Final Fantasy VII universe, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> how, how did we not <laughs> bring up Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom uh, Hearts is the epitome of this. This so complicated for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a game about Disney. No. <laughs> um, okay, another one. This is very common in RPGs. Um, the boss swap, where you think the villain is one person, and then it actually turns out to be somebody else. So that happens a lot in Final Fantasy games, mm -hmm. especially earlier ones. And I would say technically it happens in Wild Arms, but it happens earlier than usual. Like, I feel like a lot of ones, you literally beat the final boss, and then it's like, ha-ha, no, I'm the final boss. But in Wild Arms, it was like, okay. Yeah, I feel like they, Final Fantasy IX is also the poster child of this, because you defeat Kuja, and that's when Necron comes out, somebody you have never even heard of prior to that <laughs> point. <laughs> Doesn't it happen with... Um, three i think it happens with three too yeah and that one you got you, you defeat Zandy. uh you defeat the Zandy. cloud of, what is it cloud and of darkness or whatever the main villain of that game is zandy and then as soon as you defeat him that's when the cloud of darkness comes yes, out yes. for the final yep. boss oh man that was a pain in the butt oh you've you've actually beaten three yeah no, I, I played not. the uh i played the two the DC, ds version mm -hmm. chibi um in eight you've got Adea into Ultimecia. Uh, it's very common in Final Fantasy, although I will say I don't think having a boss swap is an inherently bad thing. I think it can be done well, um, but it can't happen like towards the end of the game if you're going to do that. Um, well, we just talked about overcomplicated storylines, but Rich also put not enough lore to back up the storyline, so it's like two opposite things. That's like Final Fantasy 15 on release. Yeah. And I remember there was all kinds of like lore about the uh the summons and like the war that the summons all had long thousands of years ago. I I I, I watched the movie, the anime series and played the game all at the same time. Yeah, like, right. On release date and I was still like there's not enough here. Hopefully they don't do that with 16. Dude, mm -hmm. this is totally random, but I put a different a new type of creamer in my coffee. Um, pumpkin spice it's supposed to be pumpkin spice it's disgusting i hate it i'm like over here like torturing myself drinking this shit <laughs> we uh we have some pumpkin spice that's what i had in my cups and i loved it nice basic over here at the after years um gotta get my what is it psl rich also put why have cars in a fantasy game i don't think that's a problem um, i don't think that's a problem yeah because fantasy goes far beyond medieval right richard okay mass effect Technically fantasy, sci-fi, science fiction, fantasy. Come on. But I have no problems with it, especially like steampunk-styled games. Like mm -hmm. it's technically fantasy, but it's just a different type. Yeah. So um, this goes kind of along with the steel mechanics, but like rare drops and just rare encounters. Anytime there's like a three to six percent chance of something happening it's like oh my god just kill me like why <laughs> i think that's especially common in mmos so 
good thing you're not a completionist, Jay, with 14. No, God, no. <laughs> I will, I will, I, well, I will never say never because I'm, I'm actually enjoying my time with 14, but I will most likely not be a completionist with that game. And I guess rare drops are even worse than rare steals because at least with steals, you can keep stealing until you're successful. With rare drops, you got to find the enemy again, which is even worse when you combine that with rare encounters. Yeah, I don't think I've ever like completed something that required a rare drop. I don't think so. Yeah. I think the farthest I've gotten was whenever I used to play Destiny and would just try to get rare stuff there. Right. On the other hand, it is amazing when you get one on accident. <laughs> um, okay, here's another big wild arms one. Status effects you can't prep for or remedy. So the big one in wild arms is sleep. There are some enemies that have the ability to put your whole party to sleep. And I actually did look it up. There is no like accessory or anything that prevent that can prevent sleep. Um, so That's bogus. And in wild arms... Uh, physical attacks do not wake your characters up from sleep. You just got to wait it out. So you could be just pressing attack for like five turns and die. Because <laughs> I have I have died that way same uh, here. against uh, against that golem. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. There's, you know, the the famous example from Final Fantasy is uh, Malbaros, um, <sighs> which are like the I, those are the ones land. I do run away. I run away from behemoths and Marlboros. Dude, I, I will also run away from Marlboros if I don't feel sufficiently prepared with the right equipment and all that. Um, so, yeah, but the thing is with Marlboros, when you see that enemy, you know what's about to happen. So, <laughs> um, And if you know that they're in the area, you can hopefully sort of prep your characters. It's just, uh, in Final Fantasy, it's rare I can't think of any examples of a status effect that is not preventable or healable. So at least there's that. Yeah. That, that's one of the, like the cardinal sins about wild arms to me. Like that might be my number one complaint. Um, but we'll go over that later. Um, bosses, they're immune to status ailments. I feel like that's way more common than not. Um, I hate this so much. <laughs> what is the point of having spells that inflict status ailments if you can't use them on the, the the enemies that are actually challenging, the bosses. Yeah. 90% of the time, or maybe more in RPGs, having the ability to inflict status elements is worthless. <laughs> yes. It's so worthless, except for like like slow and stuff like that. But even then, I feel like most of the time, especially in Final Fantasy games, it just doesn't work. And it's so annoying to me. I mean, even Pokemon legendary pokemon can be put to sleep and mm -hmm. poisoned burned paralyzed but for some reason even even like like weak boss battles are just immune and you're like why this is like just a normal ninja human thing why is this immune to to these things mm -hmm. makes no sense yeah um let's see no way to fast travel that uh i think that's a problem with just in video games in general um mm -hmm. but if they're Especially if you, there's like any reason to ever go back to somewhere you've been and you don't have fast travel. Very annoying. I thought Wild Arms didn't have fast travel until someone was like, yo, it's a spell. It's, it's like, oh, thank it. God it was in there. It was one of the most useful things in the game. Mm -hmm. um, they, I remember being annoyed at this in God of War because there was a lot of times I wanted to go back to other areas and you don't unlock that until literally like the end of the game. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
no way to escape a dungeon easily. So if you're in dire straits and you don't have like some kind of exit spell or something, that could be very aggravating. But I know I know I've played games that this happened with. I can't um, Pokemon games. It happens often if you don't have an escape rope mm-hmm. and you're like somewhere deep with a bunch of different Pokemon. You're just like I would just want to get out of here. No teleport, no escape rope. You got to walk back. Yeah. Or you got to all your Pokemon have to faint so you go to a Pokemon Center. <laughs> so you black out. Um, this is a big one for me. I am running my 2020 campaign on ending silent protagonists. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, I do too. I know some of the most famous characters in gaming were silent protagonists, like Link and Chrono. Um, but I'm still seeing this like commonly today. Um, the Joker in Persona 5 is a silent protagonist. He has a very cool character design, but I don't. I don't feel particularly attached to him, to be honest. Um, I just I don't get it. I I know why they do it. It's so the player can put themselves in the that character's shoes, like an avatar almost. But I would much much rather have a character, even if I don't like that character, be like a part of the story and influence the story and talk to other people. Um, if you're going to have a silent protagonist, then that means you need to give the character the ability to choose what they're saying, because otherwise it's like there's no point. My favorite is like when you get branching dialogue and both answers are like two different ways to say the same thing. Like, yes, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, those those dialogue choosing mechanics have to be like actually impactful. Otherwise, it's like, well, just get a voice actor and voice this out so I can actually hear my character. I don't care if they do give Link a voice. I would love that. So <laughs> I know he has a voice, but like actually, you know, dialogue and stuff. It's like the characters often like respond to the protagonist like they did say something. It's like, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of my pet peeves. Um, amnesia, I think that's played out. It's a very common thing with protagonists, especially silent ones. Um, was that uh, so? Link had amnesia. Squall had amnesia. Cloud had amnesia. Titus was good. He didn't have amnesia. He was just uh, confused. All That's time. one of the best things about Titus is, even though he was his own character, it's also like he learns with the player, like mm-hmm. the lore and the backstory of what's going on. So, who else gets amnesia? In Final Fantasy fourteen, your main character gets amnesia. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because Warrior of Light, five year thingy, lost all their memories. Blah blah yeah. blah. Everyone forgot. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones off the top of my head who have amnesia. I know there it, it's there's lots like it's very common, but mm-hmm. um, lack of appropriate save spots. Anytime there's a dungeon with no save points, that's unforgivable. <laughs> um, I think it it's not as common today for that to happen, but in a lot of retro RPGs, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. I will give credit to Wild Arms. It did not do this. There was yes. usually a couple save points in the dungeons. And Final Fantasy 13 probably has too many save points. Like I'm able to yeah. save like every five minutes. Every time you turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this is another big one for me. Missables and points of no return. Like I, I think that there should, should not be, especially in RPGs, anything that you can't go back and get. Like any kind of missable item or anything. 
And on top of that, it goes right along with it. Like anytime the game locks you out from going back to something somewhere else. Um, this is not so, really an RPG, but The Last of Us does this constantly. Like you mm-hmm. constantly get barred from going back. Yep. One thing that um, that The Witcher does really well, The Witcher 3, is there there are points of no return. So it's like you get a warning. It's like, hey, if you decide to go this way, like the, the quests that you haven't completed in this section will no longer be available. And it makes sense because the storyline progresses to a point to where those quests no longer make sense. Like, yeah, like you can't just like a character who has a side quest who has like some minor role in like the main quest. Like you can't really can't really uh, intelligently go back and do that side quest because they, you know, technically in the main story, they're all the way over here now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that. I understand making those kind of cutoffs. But in terms of items, I don't really. Yeah, I don't think that makes a uh, lot of sense. Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles does this too. Like, I feel like they're all the time I've run into something like this quest can only be completed up until this point. And it's just like, I don't even really understand why. And as far as I know, the game has not given me any warnings as to when they are going to expire. So if I had, if I'm not following a guide, I'm going to miss a lot. It's very annoying. Um, not having an optimized feature in your equipment. Um, yeah, I could see that. I don't think that's the worst thing, but like also I did, I get the idea that I don't want to like spend 30 minutes in my menu. <laughs> it's very annoying for me. Like oh, yeah. Final Fantasy 7 remake, I didn't mess with any of the accessories. <laughs> no equipment. Uh so 14 has a good like auto equipped. Um lot I feel like lots of the the Final Fantasy games usually have a good auto equipped like the older ones. Mm-hmm. Um Wild Arms had one. And I love that. I love being able to just do like optimize, optimize, optimize. I'm good to go. Yeah. And then, and then carry on. Thank God Final Fantasy V has one because I'm switching jobs like every other minute. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, is there any other things that we were missing here? I think a lot of these we could could have done a whole episode on maybe. But <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, what's really like funny is that. This is a pretty big list of things that we hate about. Do we even like RPGs? RPGs? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we just described RPGs. This but... is how RPGs play and we hate it. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we just basically established we love stories, we hate actually playing the games. Right. <laughs> now there are some that are really fun. Um like Final Fantasy 13. That the battle system in that game is super fun and I oh, I don't so mind the good. gameplay. It is annoying to review it. Yeah. It is annoying that they have the the if your party leader dies, um, everybody oh, yeah. lose. But other than that, that happened to me because I didn't realize that. I was like, okay, I'll just. That's one of the things guy. they fixed in thirteen too. By the way, cool. Um, but yeah, so we could have gone on at length from for more of this stuff. Um, but I think we covered that pretty well. And if you guys have any other thoughts on the worst RPG mechanics, uh, let us know in Discord or Twitter. We might revisit this subject at some point. Are you ready for the club, Jay? I'm so ready. Let's uh, dive into the next thing on our list. It's our final RPG club for Wild Arms. All right, everyone. Quiet down. All rise. 
We're here today to bring to order the next session of the RPG Club. All in favor? All opposed? And looks like the eyes have it. Then let the RPG Club commence! Okay, so as uh, we established already, this was the final segment of Wild Arms, and basically we had until now to finish the game. And as we said already, Jay and I have successfully done that. And we got some feedback from some other people we'll get to later. But uh, Jay, do you want to do like a, a brief overview of what all went down in this section? Yeah, sure. So the first area that you go to is the Arctica Castle, um, which is, there's like icy floor, throne rooms. Um, I feel like they're, it's pretty much all centralized around Jack this time. So the last segment was uh, focused around Cecilia. I guess, and yeah, Rudy, Cecilia I guess. and Rudy, technically. I was thinking maybe the, the one before it was Rudy, but no, this the last one we hit, like the, the Rudy and Cecilia, like, um, uh, I don't know. How did we not bring up Rudy when we were talking about silent protagonists? There's all these plot points surrounding him, and it's it's very weird because he's not an actual character. <laughs> yeah, I think he's more just, he's like a robot. He's a robot. Come yeah, on. He's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so um, basically the, this is all around, this section is all around Jack and Jack coming to into himself and like learning more about himself and getting that like uh, the lion idol. Um, this is another section of the story, just like the one with Cecilia where I was like, well, I didn't, like, I, I guess I can see that he was struggling with his ability to protect because of the th whole thing that happened with What's-Her-Face, who became Lady Harkin. Uh, and so now he now has the power to protect his friends, the power of courage. Yeah. And right. Cecilia got to learn how to love again. And Jack gets his groove back. Um, there, I don't know. I, as a side note, there are way too many, like, quote-unquote guardians in this game. Like, they show up so often. I'm like, oh, there's like 20 of these bitches. I thought there was like yeah. three at the beginning. It's like, why are you guys not guarding? Like, what's yeah. going on? Right. Yeah, so every time one of those of showed up, it's like, I didn't really care. because It happened so often. Yeah. So one thing that was cool is that you act, the, the boss battle in this one, it's Lady Harkin, and you only do it with Jack. Jack mm -hmm. like tells the other peeps to to sit back. Um, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty... Pretty okay. Um, she actually dies, right? Like she, she yeah. turns back into Elmina and then dies. Yeah, that's from that's it's like the doesn't the lion idol like gr like bring her into the light and then turn into the the thingy. So I read a little bit about the wiki and I'm pretty sure that lady's not gone, but I may be wrong. Uh, actually, there there's an optional summon you can get somewhere sometime in this segment, and Jack makes a deal with it that. Um, to bring Elmina back, but she won't have any of her memories. Yep. And I don't think you ever actually like run into her as far as I know again after that. So the next place that we end up going is the Dingleberry Tower. God there, Dingle. There's, like, <laughs> there's a uh there's a pretty cool scene of the, like the tower coming out of the water. And I don't know, I was just thinking like this that's gotta like really disturb the water. 
<laughs> I mean, there's got to be more repercussions than just this huge thing coming. Well, out. we already had like a cataclysmic, like earth shifting thing when the uh, dark crystal was activated, or is that coming up here? No, that already happened. No, that already happened. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, the world's already <laughs> on fire. Good point. Um, so when you get to this dungeon, you fight uh, Boomerang and Lacid here for the last this is, time. This dungeon looks surpri- in surprisingly good shape for having been submerged underwater. Yeah. <laughs> they they did some good upkeeping. Um, you defeat them. Uh, and then they kind of like agree. They You've like earned their respect. They agree to let you like go into the tower. But then Zeke's like, oh, you've betrayed us for the last time. And he kind of sicks his people on his demons on you. He has a um, boomerang has a, a really good line here. What is it? He says something. He says something like, um, uh, he, he says oh, like you're still my enemy or something like that. But you. He, he also says something like Lucid, like like fight with me to hell or something like that. Or there's something really that was that caught my eye as like a good line i still don't understand what the whole is going on with the lucid thing because it's supposed to be one of the guardians so why is i don't get it <laughs> i don't know i i'm also like always a little skeptical of like these bad guys turning good always at the end it's like oh well we're not gonna kill you because you're good now All right yeah so you go through the dungeon um there's some puzzles like pushing certain switches and bombing orbs and pushing the right levers and so on. You get to the top and you fight Alhazad again, except for he like sort of throws his cloak off and you see his true like monstrous form. You also find out, I think if we didn't already know that Alhazad basically is the one that turned Elmina into Lady Harkin. Um, I actually thought that this like Alhazad second form monster, it looked really cool. Like gnarly <laughs> eldritch horror. Put the cloak back on, man. um so you defeat him and at this point you get to use like the teleportation whatever jigger to go to the dark demon moon malduk um which is the final dungeon that another why are they always going to a moon yeah that's a put that in the cliche tropes thing (laughs) why, why are we going to the moon um yeah, this was, I, I don't know, I kind of blazed through this one because it was right in the morning. Um, nothing really, like, stood out. Um, right towards the very end, you have to, uh, there's, like, a pretty cool-looking, like, chariot boss battle. Um, it's supposed to be one of the golems, I think. Yeah, burial. Um, and I don't know, I didn't have, I, I ended up having a, using the cheat to have like a really special like items to to keep me healed. So I didn't struggle with anything. I won't shame you since I used it for money, but (laughs) yeah. Um, The main thing with this dungeon, I think is at at about the halfway point, it splits into like three different routes. You have to go to collect different MacGuffins (laughs) to proceed to the end. Um, There's a couple like optional golem bosses in here. Uh, I didn't really have any problems with them, but I, I did go back and do a bunch of side quests once I hit the end of the dungeon. So I'll just go over those real quick. Um, that We can talk about most of this in the actual review, I think. But you can go back to St. Centaur and fight uh, Zed again. Apparently he's like taking up shelter there and is protecting like that blind girl that we dealt with earlier, I think, for a second. Um, and so 
you fight him, he thought that like you would try to run him out, but you get the option of whether or not you want to like let him live. I don't know what happens if you don't, but uh, I, I decided to let him have fun with this blind girl in the town ruins. Um, you can go and fight a couple other like golems and optional bosses. There's one uh, Leviathan that you have to like sort of sail around to find, and it just like randomly pops up. Apparently, some people had a lot of trouble with this. I think uh, it took Bill hours, and it only took me like ten minutes. So, <laughs> um, you can go to the ancient arena, and the final fight there is another rematch with Boomerang and Lucide. And at this point, Bo- Boomerang has turned uh, Lucide into a sword. So I don't know how that works, but uh, it sort of goes the same way as the last battle with him. Is like he's like you earned my respect or whatever. So I guess a couple of these demon lord guys were going to let live. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's also an optional dungeon called Abyss that you have to like t- in order to get to. You have to teleport between um, the the eel pyramids over and over until you just randomly end up in in it. And this is where, like, the hardest enemies and the hardest boss is. Um, I did abuse the goat dolls a little bit to beat it, but uh, I think he only actually took out one or two of them. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because I didn't do any grinding. Um, So that was cool that I was able to actually do the super boss without having to worry about that. But that's about it for, like, the interesting side quests. So back at Malduke for the ending here. Back at Malduke, so we ha- we initially think that we're fighting uh, old Siegfried. Um, so yada yada. Now all of a sudden he wants to destroy the world. Blah 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 blah. So you defeat him, and then you find out that oh, Mother was all up in him the whole time. So then you have to fight Mother Freed, which I thought was the stupidest name I have ever heard. <laughs> it's like Mother Freed. That's why not just Mother, just Mother again. Come on. It almost kind of like, makes fused. me wish that they hadn't shown us that scene of mother getting hold of him until like around this point. Yeah. It, we already, we already knew it yeah. wasn't a surprise. Um, there, I think the previous encounter with Zeke, he's talking about like destroying the world. And Cecilia says something like, you're just like mother. I thought you wanted to rule, not destroy. And it's like, well, Cecilia. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so so we end up defeating Mother Freed and like the guardians all come and work together with the uh with the the little teardrop dealio. And then good old Zeke Freed returns in some new form as like the the final final boss. Um so you defeat him and everything blows up and then the earth golem like sacrifices itself and saves them and there's some emotional moments that i didn't care about between that and cecilia yeah, there's like a very dramatic scene of the earth golem sacrificing itself to contain the explosion of cod dingle and it's playing like this really like sad that the music was actually really good and really sad music and i'm like i don't give a single shit about this almost inanimate like, object. oh no my car <laughs> they act like it's like the dramatic like Aerith death of the game <laughs> right it's like i still have this 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 the plane, I'm good, right? Yeah, yeah I still have the plane. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Um, so yeah, and and then there's a really, really long outro mm-hmm. of like, like what happens after uh, after the end. It's like it's pretty much Cecilia most of the time, and then Jack the rest of the time. And they read a letter. Uh, so they read. You start off with Jack. They read the letter. Well, actually, Handpan reads the letter. I think right. Because apparently so. Jack can't read. I don't. Know, it's <laughs> Handpan's job. 
<sighs> Rudy and Jack like, are like leaving Adlahide, and yeah. they find a letter, or they have a letter that Cecilia gave them to open when they were gone. Yep. Uh, and so it's Cecilia talking about how she's just going to be a normal girl now and blah, 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 blah. And they're leaving. And then Cecilia appears from behind a tree and is like, I'm coming with you. You forgot me, basically. Um, and she's leaving Adlahide to the minister, apparently, which is the worst idea ever. But... Yeah. I, I didn't, Jake, the, the music in this ending was really good and touching, I felt. But the ending itself sucked i thought <laughs> yeah this is it's a bad ending <laughs> the uh the the it's, it felt like she was in the letter she was sort of saying the same things over and over and like the dialogue was really touching and heartfelt but like i was reading it and like it doesn't really make any sense what she's actually saying <laughs> um i don't know if it's a bad translation or what but i was like this is almost nonsense <laughs> yeah pretty much and then uh, sorry to say but <laughs> no i'm i feel exactly the same way and then it like ends with them like looking out over like a cliff and then they just turn around and then it zooms out and i was like i was like okay thank god it's over <laughs> that's how honestly that we'll get into more of this for the review i did i overall i would i don't like strongly dislike the game or anything but like at about the two thirds point, maybe I was like, "I'm ready for this to be over." <laughs> yeah, and and to be completely honest, I my mind was so over this game that I feel like I my eyes glazed over while reading most of the dialogue, mm -hmm. and yeah. so I'm like, like I I feel like it was just going in one ear and out the other. It's like I just don't care. I don't. It's like care. she was her, her like monologue was like just going around in, in circles almost. Yeah. Um, but I guess the three of them get to continue their journeys. They're going to make sure that Phil Gaia does not continue to decay somehow. That's basically yeah, whatever, it. whatever that's going to be. Yeah. During the credits, you get a bunch of artwork, which was cool because I was like, Oh, that's what that character is supposed to look like. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I always pictured Jack as being like a, like, like uh i don't know small scrawny nerdy like art like archaeologist scholar type dude. Him. yeah yeah and then he's actually just this big brooding warrior and like i didn't get that i didn't i don't feel like that's true another thing that kind of bothered me about the ending um you don't get like any kind of resolution with any of the side characters like uh you don't even get a resolution to like the calamity Jane loving Rudy subplot. And Oh, you're so right. You don't get like anything with Emma or Bartholomew or any of them. I think there's like one throwaway line in um, Cecilia's letter about how they're going to like work together to ensure Phil Gaia's future or whatever. But I was just like, well, that was one thing I actually liked about this game is it seemed like the side characters did kind of matter, but <laughs> Not at the ending. Yeah, I guess not. They ran out of time, despite Cecilia's letter being about, you know, four scrolls long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so overall, um, this segment, it was okay. I, the ending sucked. I did like how the side quests were mostly easy, and there weren't a ton of them. It felt like there was stuff to discover. Um, but nothing about this part was anything to like necessarily write home about for me. I thought the design of Mother Freed was kind of cool. Um, Very angelic for a weird worm monster demon. Yeah. 
and I would have preferred, I guess, like I would have preferred if maybe if she had another form instead of Zeke being the final thing himself, because I kind of thought that she was the cooler villain, I guess. Um, Hell Zeke was Hell Zeke looked pretty cool though. That's true. That's true. But it was a weird twist for him to like come back and be like, ah, <laughs> you thought you defeated me. But um, is there anything else you have for about this particular segment? No. And as a conclude, my, my, I, I guess probably we need to read the feedback first before I give my final conclusion. Okay. We'll, do, well, we'll go ahead and do that then. Um, Satan, he says, he said, I just can't bring myself to pick it up again. LOL. I think I was going to hit a wall before long and have to grind since I was at like level 32 or 33 or something when I stopped. Kind of unfortunate because he was actually in this final segment, I think. But <laughs> we kind of discussed this earlier. All the running finally caught up to him, I guess. I don't blame you, though, Satan. Yeah. Uh, so Disa said, I enjoyed the ending of the game. Ended up at 43 hours, I think. All in all, really enjoyed many aspects of it. Something about the combat didn't quite click and got a bit tedious, but the graphics and constant new places to explore almost made up for it. 75 out of 100. What's that, a C? Yeah, I guess so. Um, that's about middle of the row, I guess. But uh, I, I don't think I would rate the game that high, but we'll get there whenever we do the review. <laughs> um, and then we got quite a, a lengthy thing from Punch Drunk Dave. So I'll kind of. Oh, P double D. Yep. <laughs> I'll try to speed through this. I'll cross post my thoughts review here. Uh, he said that in Discord. Overall, I enjoyed it a lot. While the game isn't perfect for an RPG released in late 1996, it was pretty good. I'd probably rate it 7 out of 10. As you, got, you, as you guys discussed on one of the earlier review episodes, the music was pretty underwhelming. God, I'm glad somebody agrees. <laughs> I think the OST gets a lot of love simply for the opening theme music, which is probably the best track. I was very annoyed by the music the majority of the game. It's like, that, okay, I'm going to mute this. That main dungeon theme is good, but... It's in every dungeon, just about. So, <laughs> and the battle music sucks. So, and funny enough, when you press start to skip the opening cinematic, the music that plays at the start screen sounds like it belongs to an NFL Madden game. Yeah, it totally does. Uh, the gameplay and dungeon designs were good. A few puzzles and areas were were head scratchers, where I felt the game did not give you enough information to solve slash advance the area. I agree, which resulted in me consulting a game facts guide. I really liked the tool system. It did make each character slightly unique, and it felt like the dungeons made good use of most of the characters' tools. I would agree with that. I like that. Same. But most of the tools acquired late in the game, such as the rollerblades, punching glove, and guitar, don't get enough spots to even use them. That's true. I think I only remember using the rollerblades in that one dungeon where you get them. Yep. Um, The abyss in the grappling hook area was the only frustrating part I can recall. Okay, so I didn't talk about this, Jay, but in that optional final dungeon, um, there's a part kind of like the floating aisles where you have to grapple across a bunch of different platforms, but it gives you like no room to like move around. I I fell like 30 times probably. It was maddening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see, where did I leave off here? Um, Probably fell off those tiny ledges a half dozen times. So that's good compared to me. The battle system was serviceable. Pretty standard RPG stuff here. Nothing about it really advanced the genre in any way, shape, or form. The characters were all right, but ultimately forgettable. It just felt like they were all lacking any personality or charm. 
Um, I think that's because of the writing. A lot of the dialogue was not very good. Um, mm-hmm. The Quarter Knights and Zed were easily the best characters in the game, however. I did enjoy how the uh, vil- the villains, I guess. They, they weren't yeah. great, but like I liked how they were a focus the entire game through. Uh, the characters were all right, but ultimately forgettable. It just felt like they were all lacking any personality or charm. Uh, well, I read that already. Sorry about that. And low-key, the best thing about the game was the ability to sprint slash dash. That was a really fun mechanic. <laughs> Very true. Such a simple mechanic, but I would always enjoy traversing through the game with that ability. So would I play this game again? Probably, just not anytime soon. Um, Jay, I have no problems with going ahead and saying I hope to never play this again. <laughs> I'm with you. I will never play this again. Period. Yep. Unless someone's going to pay me. So do you want to do our final thoughts or go ahead and do the tea time? Let's do the tea time and then wrap it up. Okay. So we do have a tea time with Bill. Let me find that drop here. Yep, here it is. And now it's time we join an old friend once again. It's tea time with Bill. So, how's that last section of Wild Arms, everybody? <laughs> yes, hi, it's me, it's Bill. And welcome to Tea Time with, uh, yeah, me, Bill. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that last section of Wild Arms because I thought it was uh, great. I thought it was a great roundup to a uh, fantastic game. Um, you know, the story wasn't overly in-depth but and uh, the battle sim- uh, system was a little bit simple, but I had great fun with it. It had a lot lot going for it this game i'm sure the guys are going to rip it a new one but can't wait to review it at some point but yeah i just really enjoyed the whole wrap up everyone's stories coming together uh and then yeah the whole gang getting together at the very end and you know marching off into the sunset i thought it was great you know and uh, i didn't bother doing any of the side quests either (laughs) just to know i wanted to keep my uh, power levels low and i still didn't have much problems against the last boss i did die once against the mother boss I will give her dues, but uh, that's just because I wasn't giving it my full attention. And uh, she she punished me for it. Yeah, she did. Mother gave me a good good old spanking. She did good punishment. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, what's the other thing we're doing? Um, oh yes, terrible JRPG mechanics. So I'll give a quick shout out to <clears throat> games where they change. The magic names to be incomprehensible. <laughs> so, uh, Rich will remember, uh, Fantasy Star 2 was a big, big, big one with that. <laughs> None of the spells meant anything to me. They were called like Foy and Fi and Foo. And you had to kind of work out which one was fire, which one was heal. And uh, yeah, I just absolutely hate that. And uh, yeah, Sword of a Million's got that. So, look forward to that, Rich. Next up is going to be uh, just random encounters. <laughs> no, I think um, <clears throat> uh, I think possibly something like difficulty levels. I think you should be able to adjust a difficulty level in a game, like you can in games like Oblivion and Skyrim. <clears throat> so you know, if you're getting stuck or anything, you just want to get on with the story, you can lower it. Or if you want a bit more of a challenge, you can up it. And as a final one, I'll throw in when um, inactive party members don't level up, um, because some games have big casts and you have to waste time grinding and you know i've only got so much life to give <laughs> so games like seven where they um they actually do grind uh, they do level up in the background and 10 where you can switch them out during battle good good stuff anyway keeping it nice and short this week that's it for me i'll see you guys later <laughs> you'll love this jay we do appreciate the brevity uh, yes he did bring up a really good one i can it's kind of surprised we didn't think of that the uh, party members not leveling up with you Yes, I 
at, so fully agree with that. And I'm trying to think of ones that are super guilty of that. I I think uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is one of them, mm-hmm. probably, where you have like this cast of people who are totally expendable, but that you have to like actually have them in your party to it's level. It's very up. common in older RPGs. Um, I think we've mostly gotten away from that in the modern day and age. But was that six was like that, right? Mm-hmm. He brought you know. up seven as one that where they leveled up with you, but I don't think that's true. I don't remember. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Thanks for that tea time, Bill. And yeah, uh, as far as this final segment, uh, I think I already gave my final thoughts on it, but anything else to add, Jay? Yeah, I just want to say as a as a general statement, I really enjoyed the RPG Club and I enjoyed at least half of playing this game. Um, so I'm looking forward to the, the next round of our RPG Club. Uh, please pick something that is enjoyable for at least 80% of the game. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I too enjoyed the RPG Club. I think it's a really fun segment that we've done. It was kind of stressful at some points to actually finish on time, but um, I really enjoyed like just going along with the community in general. Yep. And uh, after the Persona review is done, which will be soon, I think our priority will be Wild Arms and uh, a full review on that. And we'll be joined by Bill, I think is the plan. So... Yep. So to conclude our RPG Club session, nominations open today. Uh, so does that mean today as in Sunday, October 4th? Uh, or yes. today as in, okay. So Sunday, October 4th, the day we're recording this is when nominations open. Uh, voting will begin one week later on October 11th and close a week after that on October 18th. Uh, so the second RPG club will officially start on October 18th. Yep. Uh, it might be a week after that before we actually are supposed to start playing because we got to give people time to get the game. But yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll publish that uh, as soon as we're done recording. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to the outro. First RPG club is complete. Uh, it feels like an, the end of an era, even though it was only a two or three months, right? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was only two. So we had five sessions. So we had one week for this first session, two weeks for the other four. So nine weeks. Yeah. So less than three months, more than two. But um, I think for this next segment, we are going to like 
try and shorten the segments by do like five hour chunks instead of six hour chunks and we might shorten it even further depending on how things go with that and depending on what game if we if we have a game that is not super long which knowing our base and our patrons that's not going to (laughs) happen yeah but (laughs) hopes hopes and dreams but next week um the episode the main episode will be the final part of the persona 5 royal review uh, Corey and I will be going over the gameplay, the music, the graphics, and doing our ratings and all that. We might have a special surprise for that episode. I don't want to say anything yet in case it falls through, but we'll see. And then I think after that is when we're going to start the Wild Arms review. I need to check the calendar. But yeah, look forward to that. And again, we will be streaming that Wednesday, not Sunday this week. Because um, we're going on vacation. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's go into our plugs. All right, so if you enjoy the episode... Uh, and you enjoy the show, be sure to rate and review on your, perf- you know, whatever way you're listening to this podcast, uh, especially on iTunes, if you can, helps us get a boost in the ranking so more people can enjoy the show or provide feedback to make the show better. Yep, we would really appreciate it. And as we said earlier, we do have a Patreon. With that, you get early episode access, add free episodes bonus aftercast episodes, extra non-RPG reviews like The Last of Us, um, and you get to participate in the RPG club. So uh, you get to, well, everybody gets to participate, but you get to do the nominations and voting, help decide what we're actually playing. So today's like kind of your last chance to get in on that. <laughs> uh, and there's lots more benefits. Uh, so you can check all that out at patreon.com slash RPG after years. Also, we usually stream every Sunday on Twitch. Uh, so usually it's a Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so it kind of, but it kind of depends on uh, the schedule. That's the norm. The norm is Sunday at 9 a.m. But this next week is a little bit different. And uh, since Scott's going on a hit on vacation and the way him and Corey have, have handled the persona review uh, is a little bit more with their own schedule to kind of ease the burden on their end. Uh, so keep an eye out on Twitter for when we are streaming, but it is normally Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern at twitch.tv forward slash RPG after years. Yes, sir. Um, we have a merch store. You can get all kinds of clothing articles, coasters, stickers, magnets. I'm wearing one of my new shirts now. Um, it's got the logo on it. I like it pretty good. I've seen it. Corey wearing some. He looks good in them. Um, so we encourage you to go and check that out. You know, it's rep your favorite show. We know you love us that much. What's it's on, material like? Give us a review. Oh, uh, they have a bunch of different types of shirts. Uh, this one's very soft. It's, you know, just cotton, basically. Um, I think they're very comfortable. The uh, You can find all that on Redbubble. Redbubble.com slash people slash RPG after years slash explore to see all our different designs or you can just search rpg after years uh on redbubble just make sure you look at the designs tab on there because the way it works they throw up like one product from each design and it makes it look like we have four products total (laughs) it's weird how that works but yeah check it out and if you have any complaints any uh, ideas suggestions or anything that you want to just throw at us without blasting us on uh, social media or different podcasting platforms you can email us at rpgafteryears at gmail.com that's another way they can contact us discord 
Discord is a way they can contact <laughs> us. So it, our Discord link can be found in a pinned tweet on Twitter, uh, as well as the show notes. We have a pretty act. I know we talk about it all the time, but we have a pretty active Discord. I've joined a couple other Discords recently that have way more people in them, and we talk like way more than those people do. So it's kind of I thought that was interesting. We got a good we community. We do have some chatty folks, <laughs> including including ourselves. The last way you can get a hold of us uh, is on Twitter. You can find the show at RPG Years, and you can find me at the Scott Spot. You can find me at J A Y D Hizzle. And Bill is at Metonica. What's what's uh, old Richard Apple? Uh, Hail Blue 1569. <laughs> I don't always give the Twitter tags for uh, people that aren't here. but <laughs> Yeah, Rich. <laughs> right? <laughs> Stupid washer. All right, but, so not only did we discuss what the worst RPG mechanics are, we also discovered that they're all in Wild Arms. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you'll join us next week for the Persona 5 review finale in episode 36. But until then, I'm Scott. And I'm Jay. Catch you guys later. Toodaloos. Bye. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.